Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us on another Drive Time today. I'm Brian Coates, sitting in for Pastor Randy Barton, and uh, the weather is interesting, to say the least, and um, I guess that's an okay word to use. Western North Carolina right now, um, it could be a lot worse. Let's put it right, right like there. We're within a 10-degree margin of everything being really, really nasty, but um, but thankfully, most of the, the pro, most of the trouble weather for today um, is is past. It's moved on. Um, we've got we've got more coming. But as far as you know, seeing some of the nasty that other states have seen, we're not going to see as much of it here as uh, and I say that with our our AM audience and our FM audience, uh, we're not going to see that as much. Um, in Western North Carolina, as other places have seen it, the um, weather radar is showing mostly a wintry mix uh, affecting our area just due to the, the the temperature. You know, if it was five degrees difference either way, I mean, we could go five degrees warmer and it stay all rain until it's over with, or we could go five degrees cooler and it would start transitioning into uh, sleet and then, you know, go 10 degrees cooler and you got um, snow and freezing rain, and and uh, it is going to get cold tonight. But the way that this system is moving, kind of kind of northeasterly, um, instead of due east. If it was moving due east, we'd be in a lot of trouble. But there is wintry mix all the way from Alabama all the way up through. It transitions into snow once you get to Knoxville. But Knoxville right now, I say Knoxville, east of Knoxville. Um, the, there's not an interstate corridor that runs through that. I guess that would be 81. If you think about interstate 81, if you are west of 81 between Knoxville and Bristol, it's more snowy. If you're east of 81, it's kind of a wintry mix and some areas, a steady rain. And, and it's, it's going to be that way, um, throughout the rest of the day today, wintry mix, um, further east of here, the rain, further west of here, the snow, but in our, for the most part, in our Western North Carolina listening area, we're dealing with a wintry mix. The official weather forecast, and I was looking at the difference between, um, Transylvania County and Buncombe County, um, the highs right now, um, topping out today, obviously we're past that. Uh, looking in the lows for tonight, supposed to get down to 24 tonight in Buncom County. Supposed to get down to, um, supposed to get down to 24. Yep, in Henderson and Transylvania County. So there, you know, we could be dealing with some some black ice tomorrow morning. I, I don't know. Um, they'll usually issue a black ice warning if um, if that's to be the case. And right now, all we have is a hazardous weather outlook. So. Uh, there's no longer a um, winter weather advisory in effect or a winter storm, nothing like that. Mostly wintry mix and rain. Hazardous weather, weather outlook for northeast Georgia and western North Carolina tonight. A light wintry mix of precipitation will be possible across the area tonight. Light accumulation of snow and ice will be possible, which could produce slippery road conditions into Tuesday morning. Now, if that develops even further, they'll issue a black ice warning at some point. Um, 
then uh, in addition, very cold air will arrive in the mountains tomorrow night. Windy conditions and low temperatures in the teens could produce wind chill values of zero and, and below zero in some areas. And so that is the hazardous weather outlook. And I'm checking here to see if any of our Tennessee counties um, have a, a, a winter weather advisor. Let's see here. Um, that's just hazardous weather outlook, wintry mix. Could see a little bit of, um, could see a little bit of, uh, okay, could see a little bit of light accumulation, but nothing major is expected. However, on the Tennessee border counties, such as Madison, um, I'm looking at Madison County. Let's look at Haywood County here. Um, yeah, there could be a little bit more of the wintry stuff. Of course, that's to be expected in those areas um, due to the the elevation. Yeah, even uh, Jackson County, uh, Haywood County, Winter Weather Advisory, Madison County, Winter Weather Advisory. Um, so there's not a winter storm warning or a winter storm watch, but there is a winter weather advisory, which means there will be a little bit more uh, frozen precipitation than the wintry mix. So Buncombe County, Henderson County, Transylvania County, bracing for a wintry mix. Tennessee border counties, more of a, there's more of a chance of some snow, but still, let's see here, a tenth of an inch of precipitation accumulation. So um, they're saying a tenth of an inch. And then the system will move out tomorrow. Not a lot of sunshine, mostly cloudy um, in our area. Wow. Okay, let's just read this. Where am I at here? This is, um, okay, for the Asheville area. 40% chance of rain today with mostly cloudy skies. Tonight, mostly cloudy low around 24. Chance of precipitation tonight is 30%. All of that will taper off tomorrow with mostly cloudy skies. The high below freezing at 29. So after the temperature drops tonight, we will not be back above freezing until Wednesday afternoon, okay? So mostly cloudy tomorrow, 29 is the high. Wind gusts as high as 31 miles an hour. Tuesday night, clear. The low around 7. Wind chill values as low as negative 5. Okay? So this is for the Asheville area, uh, Asheville area and this is our winter weather advisory uh, excuse me, our hazardous weather outlook for Buncombe and Henderson and Transylvania counties, and then winter weather advisory for um, Jackson, Haywood, Madison, and Yancey. And so that is what we're looking at for the weather forecast. Now, later on in the week, situation will improve. Thursday, excuse me, Wednesday, sunny, 37. Thursday, sunny, 48. Friday, sunny, 37. Uh, Saturday, sunny, 25 is the high. Woo! Saturday's going to be a cold day. So uh, we do have several days of cold. Just make sure you're prepared for that. And, um, yeah, we're fixing to run right into that, okay? So, again, real quick real, real, real quick reminder, um, Buncombe, Henderson, Transylvania, hazardous weather outlook with wintry mix for the next few hours. And uh, then for uh, the Tennessee border counties, Haywood, Jackson, Madison, Yancey, 
uh, winter weather advisory expected with a tenth of an inch of accumulation possible. Okay, and so um, and we'll be there first thing in the morning uh, to let you know about any kind of black ice situations that may may be upon us. The general operating budget of Anchor Broadcasting being sponsored by Mike and Kathy Gentile in celebration of their 53rd wedding anniversary. They thank God for all their many blessings. Amen to that. And our thanks goes out to the Gentile family, Mike and Kathy, and they're helping us out today. And congratulations to them on 53 years. The network budget being sponsored in honor of all the traveling evangelists and their families. Amen to that. And uh, thank you so much for... Uh, for all that you do as a traveling evangelist. You know what? Um, God gives evangelists, and we need them. And I appreciate this network budget sponsorship. Well, uh Share-a-thon's just coming up uh, at the end of February, beginning of March. So we'll start um, on the 26th. We'll kick off, and we'll go through the third day of March. And 26th of February, third day of March, we've got live singing and preaching throughout the week, live music, we have 114 music spots with uh, multiple different genres of music. We'll have bluegrass that week. We'll have quartet music that week. We'll have family groups here singing. We'll have mixed. Uh, we'll have mixed quartets, mixed trios. We'll have soloists. We'll have guitars. We'll have basses. We'll have banjos. We'll have uh, fiddles. We'll have mandolins. We'll have it all. And uh, looking forward to um, a great week of Sherathon coming up at the end of February. Now, tomorrow is the Iowa caucus. Now, you may have heard about that, and you're not exactly sure what that means. Okay, so I'm going to share with you just a little bit about uh, the beginning of the election cycle, the, the 2024 official election season begins tomorrow. And let me encourage you with this way. There's nothing wrong with saying this. Cast your vote with your Bible in mind. Okay, you can't go wrong with that. And please, don't vote for somebody if you don't know what they stand for. Look into what they stand for and see what their their um, their positions are. And then compare that with your Bible, okay? Um, when it comes to Iowa, one of the reasons that everybody talks about Iowa, now I've been to Iowa many times. It's a great place. As a matter of fact, in um, Sioux City, I think it's in Sioux City. I can be corrected on this, but anyway, um, there's a restaurant there called the Who Hot restaurant, H-U-H-O-T. And it's a Mongolian grill. And you go in there and you um, you pick out all your frozen meats and frozen vegetables in a bowl and hand it to the chef and he cooks it right in front of you. It's really good. Um, there's, there's some good food in Iowa. There's a lot of really good, um, really good uh, industries and agriculture. Iowa's a great place. But somebody said, what's, what's so important about Iowa and the, and the Iowa caucus? Well, the person that comes out the winner on the Republican primary in Iowa, in their caucus, excuse me, kind of gets some momentum for the other 49 states. And so that's why there's, it's such a big deal as to who wins in Iowa, because they get momentum to, to move forward and... Um, and that's what the Iowa caucus is all about. So let's look at this for a second. The election process. This is off of uh, the USEmbassy.gov website. So um, this, is, this is what the United States government teaches us about the election cycle. The election process begins with primary elections and caucuses. These are two methods that states use to select a presidential nominee. 
primary elections and caucuses differ in how they are organized and who participates. Okay, um, in a primary, they're run by state and local governments. Voting happens through secret ballot, and some states hold closed primaries in which only one declared party members can participate. In an open primary, all voters can participate regardless of their party affiliation or lack of affiliation. In a caucus, that's a private meeting that's run by the political party. They're held at the county, district, or precinct level. And in in most cases, participants divide themselves into groups according to the candidate that they support. At the end, the number of votes in each group determines how many delegates each candidate has won. Now, so tomorrow in Iowa, it won't be a private ballot where everybody goes out and stands in line and votes. It's where the Republican Party meets at their various locations and and uh, votes that way, uh, according to um, who they want to put up to be their their chosen candidate. And whatever happens in Iowa will give the appearance to other voters in the other 49 states of having some momentum. So now most of our listeners right now are North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia. Uh, you're listening, you know, via multiple different options of, of uh, listening. But maybe you're a younger voter and you're one of the in one of the other states. The Iowa caucus is tomorrow. The New Hampshire primary is on January the 23rd. That's next week. So immediately following tomorrow, there will be candidates that will fly directly to New Hampshire to start to start um, with their process there. They will start campaigning and having uh, speeches and knocking on doors and passing out flyers and and uh, they'll do everything they can to earn the, the votes of the New Hampshire voters. And then on the 23rd, it's next week, those candidates will um, have the opportunity to be voted on by New Hampshire voters. After that is South Carolina. That's February the 3rd, Saturday, February the 3rd in South Carolina. So if you live in South Carolina, you didn't realize that, it's coming up for your opportunity to vote for a uh, to vote in the Republican primary, Saturday, February the 3rd. So look into that and see what you need to do to participate. Nevada, Democrat primary is Tuesday, February the 6th. Nevada, the Virgin Islands Republican caucuses, Thursday, February the 8th. South Carolina Republican primary. Okay, so the Democratic primary is Saturday, February the 3rd. The Republican primary is Saturday, February the 24th. The Michigan primary is Tuesday, February the 27th. The Idaho and Missouri Republican caucuses are Saturday, March the 2nd. Washington, D.C. Republican primary, Sunday, March the 3rd. North Dakota Republican caucus, Monday, March the 4th. Super Tuesday is March the 5th. That's where Georgia, Mississippi, Washington, Hawaii Republican caucus and Democratic primaries for the Northern Mariana Islands, and and uh, that's on Tuesday, March the 12th. The Northern Mariana Islands Republican caucus is Friday, March the 15th. The Arizona, Florida, Illinois, Kansas, and Ohio primaries are Tuesday, March the 19th. Louisiana primary and Missouri Democratic primary, Saturday, March the 23rd. North Dakota Democratic primary, Saturday, March the 30th. 
Connecticut, Delaware, New York, Rhode Island, and Wisconsin primaries Tuesday, April the 2nd. Alaska, Hawaii, North Dakota, Saturday, April the 6th. Wyoming Democratic Caucus, Saturday, April the 13th. Wyoming Republican Convention is Thursday, April the 18th. Puerto Rico Republican Primary, Sunday, April the 21st. Pennsylvania Primary, Tuesday, April the 23rd. Puerto Rico Democratic Primary, Sunday, April the 28th. Indiana Primary, Tuesday, May the 7th. Maryland, Nebraska, West Virginia all have their primaries on Tuesday, uh, May the 14th. Kentucky and Oregon, Tuesday the 21st. Then it closes out with Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico, South Dakota, Washington, D.C., Democratic primaries, Tuesday, June the 4th. Then there is the Republican National Convention, Monday, July the 15th. They will announce their official candidate for president sometime Monday through Thursday of that week. That's the week of July 15th. And then the Democratic National Convention, Monday, August the 19th through Thursday, August the 22nd. And then Election Day is Tuesday, November the 5th. And that's where the whole nation hopefully will come out. Eligible voters will participate in the election process. Now, you say, where do I fit in in that? Well, you fit, like I said, take your Bible, take your King James Bible in one hand and information about the political candidates in the other hand. And all you got to do is is look it up. And if you don't know how to do that, ask a friend. Somebody out there knows how to help you look up that information at wherever you live. And they can provide for you information and testimonials and uh, on how to, um, how to participate in that election process. Now, we hear a lot about constitutional republic and democracy and big words like this. And you say, what does all that mean? A constitutional republic means that there's a nation that has a, 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 a written constitution like what we have that allows the people to elect representatives to go to the Capitol and vote on their behalf. That's a constitutional republic. A democracy is where everybody um, votes on everything. Now, now, that can be a problem if you have a situation like that, because when, if you're not careful, then you'll have a mess on your hands. When you have a constitutional republic, you allow the people to elect a representative that knows what the Constitution says, knows what the boundaries of the Constitution are, and that enables that particular candidate, no matter what party they're affiliated with, it, it allows that particular candidate to take their view of the Constitution and make decisions and laws based upon that. Then you have your three branches of government, okay? So once the people, okay, in our nation as a constitutional republic, once we send our, on a national level, we send our representatives, okay, which is the U.S. House of Representatives, the Congress, once we send them to Washington, and each state has two senators, once we send those two senators to Washington, okay, and every state has the same number of uh, congressmen, representatives, based on population. So North Carolina is a bigger state. I think we have 15, um, maybe 17. I can't remember. I should have looked that up. Um, bigger states like New York, they'll have 30 to 40. Smaller, There's some smaller states that only have one or two. 
So depending on population. The Senate, however, every state has two senators. So that is your U.S. Uh, Congress. Then we have, of course, that's the uh, legislative branch. They make the laws. Those laws are then sent to the White House, which is the executive branch. That White House is responsible to take the law that was written by the legislative branch, which is the Congress and the senators. And they've already debated, debated it, and they've already represented what their people want, supposedly. Now, that's 535 individuals, 435 people in Congress, 100 senators. They have debated the law. They have passed it in both uh, both uh, House and Senate, and they sent it to the White House. The president then sits down in the Oval Office at the desk with his pen and either signs it into law to become law, and then he enforces that law. That's the, that's the president's job. He's the enforcer of that law. He signs it, and the, then he enforces it, or he vetoes it, and sends it back to Congress, and it's either dead or up for um, review and to make changes and try to get him to sign it. So there's a lot of laws, a lot of laws that make it to the president's desk and are signed into law, and the president then has the task of of uh, making sure those laws are carried out or they're vetoed and sent back to Congress. Then it becomes the responsibility of the third branch of government. The judicial branch, which is the Supreme Court, it's their responsibility to take those laws that are passed by Congress. They are now signed by the president and enforced into law. And the the judicial branch, the um, nine Supreme Court justices that we have, then look at that law and determine whether or not, based on the their view of the Constitution, they look at that law and make sure that the Constitution agrees with that law. Okay, so when the Supreme Court upholds a law, they allow it to be carried out. When they strike down a law, at least five of the nine um, judges or justices, that is, at least five of them, have disagreed with that. They've taken the Constitution on one side of their desk, that new law on the other side of the desk, and have compared the two of them. And if the law that has been passed by both houses of Congress, signed into law by the president, is not in agreement with the Constitution. It becomes the, it becomes the judicial branch's responsibility to strike that law down. Okay? So that's where, right now in, in our country, that's why the election is so important. Because you send the person to Washington, D.C. You vote to send the person to Washington, D.C., on the congressional level and on the Senate level that will actually be writing the laws. It'll be their responsibility to write those laws. Then you vote for a president and it will be his responsibility to make sure those laws are carried out. Okay. Regardless of his personal preference, he takes his knowledge of the constitution upholds that by carrying out the laws of the legislative branch. Then the judicial branch which they're not voted on. The nine Supreme Court justices have been appointed by the president and approved by the Congress for their position. It's called checks and balances, okay? What that means is that the Congress writes the laws, but the president can veto it, and the judicial branch can throw it out. The president can sign a, can veto a law, but the Congress can override that veto, 
with a percentage. Or the judicial branch can override a veto, okay, by upholding a previously stated law. They can they can debate that in court, and the Supreme Court can um, can uh, can take a previously upheld law and keep it in place. Okay, there's all kinds of checks and balances between the three branches of government. Um, if if a law is vetoed by the president and has to go back to the House and the Senate, uh, the judicial branch has to wait on an opportunity to uphold that law again when it comes by and perhaps is signed by the president. So there's checks and balances that take place with the three branches of government. Our participation is where we take our Bible in one hand, our Constitution in the other hand, and information about those candidates is brought to our attention, and we make sure that we vote according to the Bible first and the Constitution as well. So these days are coming up in Iowa. If we have any listeners right now from time to time that, that we have folks listening online in the great state of Iowa, uh, you're, uh, the opportunity tomorrow is for the Iowa caucus to take place, and, and we'll see what happens. The Lord, knows, the Lord knows the result of that already. By the way, I'll give you this verse. Psalm 75, two verses. Psalm 75, verse 6 and 7. For promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one, and he setteth up another. Now, we don't pray to inform God. We pray to involve God. Okay, so God knows all the candidates that are out there for everything down to county commissioners and school board members and all the way up to the president. He knows who all the candidates are. It's our job to get on our knees or get in our prayer closets or go to our place to pray and to ask God to put in place the leader that we need to make us the Christian nation that he wants us to be. Some say, oh, it's too far gone. No, there's nothing too broke for God to repair. There's nothing too messed up for God to fix. There's nothing too far gone for God to bring back, Okay. And our generation needs to recognize that. And we don't, we don't need to try to inform God because he already knows. We need to try to involve God through our prayers. And, and the, the percentage of our founding fathers that wanted the involvement of the holy God of heaven is massive. So many of our founding fathers were desperate in their desire to see God grow our nation and strengthen our nation in the nurture and the admonition of God's holy word. Was it George Washington say that it said that it was impossible to properly govern a nation without God and the Bible? Hey, I'm, I'm a constitutionalist. Matter of fact, I have one of my Bibles has a copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence in the back of it. I love the Constitution. I love it. But it does not supersede the Bible. Just, just the opposite. It is underneath the Word of God. And we need some leaders in our nation. We need to pray that God will give us leaders that will examine the Scriptures and exalt the Scriptures and execute the Scriptures according to what they're supposed to do. You know, we, we all know that we're in a mess in our country. We all know that. I mean... Last week, did you hear? The United States and the United Kingdom got together. Uh, the U.S. And, and Britain got together, England. And, and we 
carried out airstrikes in Yemen? Do the Houthi leaders there? Yeah. Those uh, Islamic extremists, they, they, uh, they have their targets on our back. They want the United States of America to come to an end. They want, um, they want the nation of Israel to come to an end. And some of you have never even heard of the nation of Yemen, or you've heard about it in the news this week, and you didn't know what that meant. If you look at your map and you'll see Saudi Arabia, the big peninsula there between Africa and, um, and Asia, you see that rectangular peninsula there? Yemen's on the, on the bottom side of that. And in that country, there's some extremists that all they would, they would just love to destroy us. And all over the way, this is not a, the Bible says in the last days, perilous times shall come. If there's ever been a day that we need to involve God, it is now. So pray for the election and pray Psalm 75, verse six and seven again, for promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He putteth down one and he setteth up another. Real quick review of the weather, the, uh, the Asheville area and south. So Buncombe County, Henderson County, Transylvania County has a, um, has, has simply a weather statement, a special weather statement saying that the wintry mix will taper off later on tonight and, and um, mostly cloudy skies tomorrow and very cold for the rest of the week. The Tennessee border counties, Haywood, Jackson, Madison, Yancey, uh, expecting there's actually a winter weather advisory where there could be as much as a tenth of an inch of accumulation expected, all right? And we'll bring you updates in the morning. I'm Brian Coates sitting in for Pastor Randy Barton. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for being good to us. Help us to be faithful to you until you come in Jesus' name. Lord, look after the, the uh, linemen and the road workers and keep them safe. Amen.